Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And welcome to Rule the Roost podcast. Um, yeah, we we might do. Oh, fuck it. Let me. Do, this isn't going well. We're under. I'm under pressure. All right. I've got a 45 minute timer on here next to me on my iPhone. It's ticking away. Um, my name's a trunk, obviously. Um, joined by Raj. Hello, Raj. How you doing, mate? I'm not too bad. Yourself? Yeah. I'm. I'm a bit. Mate, this working to a timer's got me a bit flustered. But it was your own you, idea, so it's your own fault. I know. Right, that's my brain. It works against me all the time, pretty much, you know. But yeah, right. Forty-five minutes. Let's do this, mate. Everton, um, fucking get in, fucking get in. What, what a performance? What a game? What a result? Massive, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, that first half, especially. Um, it's the best we've played for for a couple of years now. I think I, I tweeted at the time it was the best uh, team performance since uh, probably the, the Villas-Boas days, I'd, I'd say. So I was, uh, I was mightily pleased, especially with, obviously, Soldado scoring and everything. Everything seemed to come together quite neatly. So I was um, I was very pleased with that. Um, the the nature of the goal was very... Um, very Pochettino as well. So it's um, it's nice to see that it's, it's starting to to come together somewhat. I'd like to uh, just reveal to the to the listeners a bit of my own insight that I offered pre-match as the lineup came out in the form of our text message conversation. Um, <laughs> so, Jack, don't really see what we get from playing Lennon over Lamella anymore. Lennon is surely done at Spurs now. Raj, defensive work rate and cover against their roaming fullbacks. Kirikesh probably needs it whilst he's playing out of position but he may be gone in summer. Jack, would rather Lamella continue to develop than waste time with a spent force? I do like Lennon, don't get me wrong, but he's done as far as Tottenham are concerned, really. Aaron Lennon then provides the assist for Roberto Soldado. There we go. I mean, surely you can see where I was coming from, to to a degree, no? Yeah, to a degree, of course, but... um, I I, I hold my hands up to that, by the way. It wasn't I'm still a... I do like Aaron Lennon, but, you know. 
Yeah, I still think he's got things to offer. I think the the thinking behind it, especially with, as I said in the text, with a, a makeshift right back, it makes a lot of sense because yeah. we've we've been done countless times by Everton's fullbacks in the past, both Baines and Coleman. I think Coleman, one of Coleman's first games, or at least one of his most high profile performances, was when he let him literally just paraded against us at, at um, Goodison Park for an afternoon. So uh, we kept running round White Hart Lane with his willy hanging out. Uh, I wouldn't go as that far, no, because I said it was at Goodison Park, so it's the wrong stadium yeah, right, for stars. <laughs> but um, on that point... It's all football, isn't it? Yeah, on that point, um, Ben Davies was excellent as well. Um, he's not a... He's not a showy player. He's not. He's not going to end up on. You know, what's that thing they have on Soccer AM where they show people doing nutmegs and whatnot? He's not going to be on the that. Showboat. Yeah, that's the one. He's not going to be on showboat or anything. He's not going to be pinging him in from thirty yards. But he's going to do his job and he's going to do it fairly well. And he he, he did that yesterday. He got on with his job um, as best he could and, and kept Seamus Coleman quiet for the most part. And that was a large part of why we we only conceded the once and the one that we did concede is. It's not really one that you can stop once he's hit the shot. I think um, the defensive work around it was slightly shoddy, um, allowing him that much room to turn. A lot of people were laying into Roberto Soldado for kind of allowing that to happen. I I think it's, having watched the goal back a couple of times, I think it's it's really quite harsh to to lay into Soldado too much. And again, it's not this whole agenda, I'm just Soldado's bum boy, so I'm going to look look out for him. I've criticised him in the past. Um, And we'll we'll get on to this a bit more in a couple of minutes. But I think to to really, I'm not saying you're doing this, but quite a few people I saw pick out um, him being at fault for the goal. But it takes a really wicked bounce. Like he tries to, to kind of clear it and it is one of those awkward bounces where it looks like he has it covered but it bounces a bit higher than was anticipated um and then Morales just you know pulls out that finish from the from the top draw as it were yeah I I wouldn't I wouldn't put it I wouldn't call it an individual error or anything I think it very harsh to um I don't think he was he could have of course anticipated it better um, if he'd have got his foot to it or whatnot, but um, I don't think he was completely at fault for it. As, as you say, that that strike that came after it isn't something that you're going to be able to to stop once he's he's made himself that extra bit of yardage. And he's he's played well against us in the past, Morales. So it's not like where we were too surprised to see him score a beauty and um, to beat Loris from that sort of distance and to put it where he did. I mean, he, he couldn't have really placed it better with his hands if he tried so it was um it was a tough one to take especially at the time but the way we responded was was fantastic i am um, I, was, I was very much pleased i do i do often tend to find with spurs um and i i, I think this you could probably look at this with certain certain performances like with newcastle like with stoke um and even with west brom to an extent uh, i tend to find that we struggle when teams um, more so individuals really kind of come at us when they really like run into us um and I've, I've noticed that for like a couple of seasons i mean is 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 that anything you can you can help wrap my feeble mind around Raj? because i notice there are some teams like i mean chelsea are a poor example because they're just like a powerhouse in that they seem to just be able to whatever really whatever style of play um Obviously, that will be tested in the latter stages of the Champions League. But thus far, domestically, whatever style of play has come at them, they've been 
able to adapt and kind of you know adjust to that really well. And we've seen, for example, when teams play against us and they play a kind of perhaps a more technical passing um, fluid game that we managed to cope with that, like Arsenal away. We, we, you know, Arsenal's passing game can destroy some teams, but we seem to be fairly comfortable with it as we were the, with Southampton as well. But some of these more direct teams, they seem to just really shit us up essentially. Um, and Morales to me is a player who a lot of teams seem to be able to cope with him, but I've noticed consistently, like you've said, we have struggled with him in the past and even at times, you know, maybe for the goal, it kind of makes his performance, you know, elevates it to a point beyond which it actually was for the whole game, but still players of his ilk do seem to worry us. Yeah, I know I've gone on one of um, the big rants to ask a simple question, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not sure there's a, no, a tactical issue behind that, to be honest. Um, it's... It's down to just taking the initiative against these players um, and the players they come against. I think that opposition teams are quite good at, at isolating some of our weaker points because Kirikash isn't a natural right-back. I think uh, last week, because he did so well in that short amount of time that he was on the field, people do tend to get a bit caught caught up with themselves and a bit uh, you know ahead of the game with mm. thinking that he's going to be a, you know, a stand-in at right-back for... A while to come, quite quite well, but he's he's very similar to Dyer in that he's a he's definitely a centre back that's playing out of position. Um, so the fact that they put Morales on him and Morales spent a lot of time concentrating his runs at him because he knew he felt uncomfortable there was a, a good tactic on their half. It would be, I think, it'd be our we'd have to learn how to kind of nullify these teams. And the reason I think we don't do it. Having thought about it a little bit, is because if you think how teams deal with our best players when we play them, it becomes very defensive on their part, and they have to double up on players. So, if probably the last great player we had was Gareth Bale, if you think about the way that teams start to deal with Bale, they'd often have a one, two, three players dedicated to just stopping him, which would remove so much um, from them attacking wise that they wouldn't be able to be as expressive as they would. If they just let him play, and I think what Tottenham do is they come, they, they kind of accept that they might allow a player to have a better game than he might do if we concentrated more on him defensively. But that will then allow us to benefit our attacking game a little bit more. I don't, I don't know if that's the that's the actual thinking behind it behind closed mm. doors, but that's the only thing I can think of because you can't unless you're a team like Chelsea, unless you're a team with that much money and that many resources that you can buy multifaceted players in every single position that can do the job fantastically in each position. I mean, we've we've spoken previously when discussing Ericsson about how Mourinho likes to have all of his players allowed to attack and defend. And unless you have the budget of them, you, you can't really create that sort of player. So I think we do have to pick and choose. Do we either allow ourselves to express ourselves fully attacking or do we take some of that threat away and become more you know, defensive and a bit more rigid, which is perhaps what we were under AVB at times, because defensively we were much better against these sorts of sides than we were threatening going forward. So it's, um, it's, a, it's a balancing act that you kind of have to find where you're comfortable with. Speaking of multifaceted players, 
What did you make of Mason and Bentaleb's performance yesterday in the middle? Because I, I think sort of pre-match, myself included, um, a lot of people were quite worried about their ability to operate in that, you know, covering the defence effectively and being able to provide enough service for the people up, up top. But they they both did an admirable job. I mean, admittedly, Everton's central midfield options. Barkley's a, a promising player, but they're not the strongest, I, would, I wouldn't say, centrally. Um, but the two lads still gave a great account of themselves in, in my book. How, how did you rate them? Um, I thought they were fantastic. I think on paper as well, they're actually two players that are, are bound to complement each other um, because Bentaleb isn't... He, he When he's played in the first team, at least, I'm not sure about in the youth side, when he's played in in the Premier League, he's, he's not been as adventurous going forward as his midfield partner. Mm. And Mason definitely has. So being able to allow them to recycle possession in the manner they do to turn the ball over, to play with each other quite well because there were instances in which we were uh, playing in triangles and playing one-touch football much better than we have done at any other point because Bentaleb was happy to sit and he was happy to um, be the deeper of the two. Mason was much freer in going forwards and we've spoken about his the, the benefits that gives us with on the break and, and how it is with speeding up transitions when we've got the ball. So it's it's... On paper, at least, before the game, it was something that looked like it could work in practice. Whether or not it could work, uh, you know, when there's, there's players pressuring them was another thing. But it, it did, and I was uh, very much pleased with that. There was um, there's a moment where Bentaleb, you know, missed a few tackles and so did Mason. Mason made a, a, a couple of decisions in possession as well, but he, he applied himself very well. The, the thing there is that... The one fear I have around Bentaleb, and I had it last season as well, is that he doesn't apply himself, not apply himself, but he doesn't perform as well defensively as perhaps he could. He's not an out-and-out you know, holding midfielder as yet. Uh, you've got to remember his age and remember that he can learn to play in that mm-hmm. position. Um, because if you, if you look at probably the best defensive midfielder in the league, Matic, he was an attacking player uh, up until when he went to Benfica. When he was first at Chelsea, he was uh, a much more of a, a Mason-type player. And mm. through being coached properly, through being you know taught the position, he's become a much more effective holder. And because he has that basis of of his knowledge of how to attack, his distribution of the ball, his involvement in attacks when he does break forward is a lot better. So in time, Bentaleb could become that player, and that could become a much more effective partnership. There is a fear that against against Chelsea on Wednesday that those two could find themselves overrun and it could be an unpleasant watch. But I'd be tempted to just allow them to to go through that experience tomorrow, uh, not tomorrow, sorry, when when we play them on Wednesday, because you tend to learn a little bit more about yourself when the back's against a wall and and perhaps you lose because. You, you kind of learn what you need to work on. And if they go through that, not not really wanting to hang them out to dry, but if they go through that experience of learning the level at which they need to get to, they will be much better for it than being wrapped up in cotton wool and only playing against the weaker sides in the league. And that's Everton and are a weaker side in the league. They're, they're probably our contemporaries. So the fact that they did so well against them is is just a... You know, a, a strap on their arm. Really, they've done done fantastically. I was, yeah. I was very pleased with them. Do you think, like what you're saying there about Bentaleb, learning in time, etc. 
because it, it strikes me that he's he's a lad that he has the the physical attributes and he has the tenacity to to be a great holding and defensive kind of player as well as the attributes to go forwards as well in attack. It just seems that at the moment maybe technically he's he's lacking just a few sort of fundamental understand like a, a fundamental under, lack of understanding of how to actually defend it seems like he's sometimes quite naive defensively and once he's sort of bulked that side of him him up that he, he could operate in that sort of Matic defensive and attacking role he know. does he does yeah he does have a few faults to his game as does Mason but uh, as I say Bentaleb especially Mason has got less time to kind of bring that into his game being that much older but uh, Bentaleb being the age he is and, and when he came into the squad and the experience he's already had because he's he's played quite a lot of games at a World yeah. Cup he's got that experience behind his belt he's he he starts quite um, quite regularly for Algeria, and uh, I don't think off the top of my head, I'm not entirely sure whether or not they qualified for the African Cup of Nations or not. But if they did, I then he'll definitely they, be there. I don't think they did. Um, and no, neither, neither do I. To be honest, I don't remember seeing them when I, I saw the 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 the, uh, the, was, the pots yeah, for the groups. One of the surprise ones. Um, but yeah, Mason. I really like, there was that lovely little passage of play. I think it was at, at one all when it was just kind of like pinball Tottenham again that we kind of played it out from the back um, with. I think it was ultimately like the Bentaleb. It was you know sort of got pinged to Bentaleb, who pinged it over to Mason, who sort of dinked it forward straight away to Ericsson. and it ended up with I think Kane had that little run where he just had a weak finish that the the keeper managed to. Gather, but it was really, it was really, really encouraging. And uh, I mean, I don't, I don't want to pour any kind of negativity upon it. Um, and I, I am looking forward to playing Chelsea to a certain degree. But do you think it's it's the type of game that's just come at such a horrible time? Given that we seem to be growing in confidence, we've got an awful lot of momentum behind. Well, not an awful lot, but we, we're growing momentum at, at the moment. Um, but it just feels like a game against Chelsea at the moment. It's, it's just come at the worst kind of time. I, I, I'd hate for the wheels to come off our kind of fledgling start to some promise at the moment. I mean, I know some probably of a more positive persuasion than myself would argue that it's maybe a good time to play them now that we are looking up and the team are looking to build on on victories. But I don't know. I do I do worry that it can be another blow to to our confidence as we it looks like we're starting to come because they are a they're a very good side at the moment Chelsea um I mean we, we I was trying to get Joe uh Joe Tweeds on today but he he wasn't available until the very kind of late hours um I wanted to get this out ASAP um but essentially his his takeaway from the game is that we shouldn't be actually too fearful of them at the moment because against Sunderland, he said to a man, they looked absolutely knackered that their kind of high press that they've been playing for most of the season um, is catching up with them a bit. Um, and as much as we've kind of said, you know, Diego Costa's missing. Oh, woe is them. They've only got Drogba and Remy to fill in. Um, that is still a legitimate concern for them, I guess, that they don't have someone like Costa, who is in such ludicrous form at the moment, available for them um, in a derby game. So, I mean, looking ahead to that game, what what would you say going into it, mate? Would you echo my negativity? Or not even so much negativity, just pensiveness? Um, or are you, are you well up for it? No, I... I... 
I'd compare it to um, when I used to when I used to play youth rugby. What yeah. we'd quite one of the exercises we used to do in training when we we're like under nines, under tens is we'd used to play a training game against the under fifteens, under sixteens. And at that age group, you've got to remember these are lads that have gone through puberty against lads that haven't yet. So <laughs> when you're that age group, you, you're bound to be on the end of a hammering. You're bound to, you know, be put on your ass a few times as well. But the reason we did it wasn't some sort of sadistic uh, thing on the coach's behalf. It was to teach us that sometimes it's more about trying to teach yourself and try to be, you know, control yourself in that sort of situation and try and get the best out of yourself and the team ethic rather than doing anything as an individual or doing things that you could perhaps get away with against kids that are your own age because when you, whenever you play any sort of sport when you're that age, there are bound to be a couple of kids who are a bit better and they're bound to be a couple of kids who aren't as good yet. And you're only as good as your weakest man. And I know that's a cliche, but especially in a sport like rugby, when you've got to do everything as a team, especially in, in league as I played, you've got to do everything as a line and what have you. You can't be, you can't be being, you know, flashed down and try to do everything you send because you, you're going to cost your team at the end of the day. <laughs> and you're going to get stuck down the back of your, back of your calf as well, mate. No, that's rugby union. We don't do anything dirty like that. Um, no, genuinely, we don't. Um, we just punch people while they're on the floor. Um, <laughs> the, um, the, the, as I was saying, the thing that teaches you is teamwork and spirit because you know you're essentially going into a losing battle. And uh, I'm not sure how useful it was for the kids that were older than us, but they were told that you've got to, you've got to play your game as much as you can against these kids because it's it's for them to learn, and we were always better for it. And I think that's what I look at this as. It's not a training exercise. Of course, it's a competitive game. I don't want it to sound like I'm saying, oh, it's a nice day out for us. We can see how we are against the big teams because if we play to our very best, we could beat them. And when we used to play against the big kids, there were occasions where we'd get ourselves in for a try and whatnot and we could defend against them if we tried our hardest. And if we do that against Chelsea and if they are knackered and they are... Uh, as Joe said to you, struggling without Costa, and then there might be a might be a chance for us there. But I, if if it does turn out that we do get our asses handed to us, and there is three or four goals scored, if not more, <laughs> which is sadly a possibility against teams this good, it's it shouldn't be something that we start to lament and start, and you know play on too much. It, it should be something that we look at and go right. This is a level of which we we are trying to build to. It's not the end of the world. We we look at the Everton performance a little bit more. It's, it, this should be about us trying to perform as a team and see how far we are away from Chelsea. And if if we manage to beat them, if we manage to put a performance together, and on the day we're the better side, then that is absolutely fantastic. I wouldn't want anything more than us being able to do that. But you need to be slightly realistic because I, th- I feel like the thing I'm scared of most is if if Chelsea are 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 at the best and and we don't perhaps match them as as well as we can. I feel like people are gonna use that as an excuse to get back on the manager's back, back on the mm-hmm. player's back, start to scapegoat people because people revert to type because it's natural, I think. We I, I constantly go on about how fickle football fans are and, and, and things like that because it's, it's true, sadly. Um, but we've got to... 
we've got to be a bit reasonable with this one. We can't can't expect too much, and we can't you can't swear one way or the other. If we win, we can't be saying, "Oh, why haven't we beaten these teams beforehand? How can we can beat Chelsea? But we can't be Stoke." And if we lose, we can't throw our toys out of the prom spectacularly and have a go at everyone to a man. It'll be. It'll be what it is, essentially. It's going to be a an isolated fixture, as it always is against Chelsea, to be honest. I think they're the only team in the league left who have got a bit of a hold over it. Uh, uh, some juju, as uh, Adebayo yeah. would call it, um, seems to be there. But other than that, I'm, I'm not sure what, what we can do, apart from getting some Islamic faith healers in to help us. Oh, God, that's, it, they seem like a laugh right, the Adebayo family, don't they? <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, ever since me and Seb made that passing comment about uh, the possibility of Tottenham being like a dream team um, storyline, the Adibayo <laughs> family has have done their best to make our dreams come true. It's uh, it's bizarre yeah. some of the quotes. I mean, I don't want to belittle it and make any jokes about anything they might believe in or anything no, like no, that. That'd be come across like a little England or anything like that, but it, it does it does sound a little bit bizarre when you just read the quotes of a bit and when they're talking about mothers cursing each other and uh, and you know brainwashed by uh, what what was it spirit healers they were called uh, well, yeah just, he just said Islamic spiritual healers or something didn't he yeah it's not a world we've well I'm, I don't want to speak for you perhaps you are particularly okay with that sort of thing but uh, it's not anything I've ever come across before uh, you don't get too many Islamic faith healers in in Huddersfield or Leeds so I've not uh, I've never come across that sort of business before it's uh, yeah I, I, I I'm not too sure. I think it's. Uh, I know it's kind of. There is that side of. Not to get too deep. There is that side of people like laughing at the whole juju thing, as as we kind of are. And I've made a joke about it and stuff. But then at the same time, you know, I don't see what's even, what's any more ridiculous about that than is about people believing in a man born 2014 years ago that's died for all our sins you know I don't know you you can apply like a strange concept to anything oh of course yeah I mean everyone's got those sort of strange superstitions um I don't let people step over my legs and I don't like crossing people on stairs I've got my own sort of weird superstitions even though I'm I'm completely you know atheist in my beliefs everyone's got their own superstitions and if if people are are famous and have a bit of a platform and and have that there's there's no reason you should be uh, taking the mick out of them because uh, I don't know how how seriously Adibao takes that type of thing. Um, it's not really for us to pass too much comment on. I mean, as a, as a footballer and as he's doing at the moment, I think he should be towards the end of his Tottenham career now, personally. I think if we are to take a striker out of our side and replace him in, in either January, which is extremely unlikely because that's just not a, a window we ever do any decent business in, or summer, which is much more likely... Um, it would be him that I'd be looking to to kind of get out and get somebody else in, to be honest. I think like it's, it would be harsh to call either one of us knee-jerk as well, given that we've both championed him in the past, but you just see it's it's a recurrence, isn't it? Like what we've what we've also spoken on in more recent history is his ego. And that just seems to be coming to the fore once again. Um it's all unsubstantiated of course, but we saw under Phyllis Boas he had problems there. Under Sherwood he flourished because Sherwood blew untold amounts of smoke up his ass and he had a point to prove. But again now it seems where he's been asked to perform in a kind of disciplined role within a disciplined system. 
it just isn't working for him. And I think that's... Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. That's probably the thing that stopped him ever really hitting the heights that his you know undoubted ability could have taken him to is his own ego and so you know there we go um let's go on to some more questions because we got on on the timer we have 18 minutes and 30 seconds right so let's go to some of our questions um, what left or is that how much we've done no that's what we got left apparently oh, we can right. go over 45 don't worry but you know it's, it's just there as a, as a guide as a yardstick um we got one from Adam Nathan who says, and he's got two first names. His Twitter, yeah. it's like Good Luck Jonathan. Um, was it Jonathan Goodluck? I can't remember. You supposed to follow him. Oh Good right, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Is he the one that they replaced with Stern John? Who <laughs> <laughs> sounds like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. brilliant, brilliant name, Stern John. I'll never forget that name. Yeah. We just can't stop laughing at Africans today, can we, Raz? That's yeah, that's good. that's all we do, yeah. Yeah, that's the podcast name, I think. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. This is our own Richard Keyes. Richard Keyes moment, isn't yeah. it? Richard Keyes, Andy yeah. Gray. You're Andy Gray. You're the Andy Gray. Yeah. Why am I Andy Gray? Because I've got the accent. Yeah, and you're sort of, like, taller. And I think you're more misogynistic than I am. But you're the one that people are going to ridicule for time afterwards. You're the, sounds, you're, the, sounds, you're the figure of fun. Yeah, it sounds fitting, to be fair. It, it, it yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah, Keyes is the worst one for me. He's a snide little man. Do you remember that time? Yeah. What, what what was he said um, on one of them where he was on about a, uh, he didn't think he was on air or something? He was, I can't remember who he was talking about, but he went, um, I said, silly little game, sad ground, something, fuck off. And he was yeah, just. He, uh, he said, shit game, no one cares, fuck off. Because it was like, yeah. some like Faroe <laughs> Islands against the Shetland Islands or something. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Well, I, I did find that quite funny, to be honest. But, like, <laughs> Um, did he say something racist as well, Keys? Or is that, am I just uh, inventing that? Probably, probably. Uh, you'd, you'd probably be in the right ballpark. I mean, he, he came out and defended Malky Mackay and Dave Whelan, so it's... Uh, they are it, proper football men, aren't they? Proper yeah, football men. It's not, un, it's not too far away from, uh, from what's expected from him if he has said something behind closed Close. doors or even but- publicly. Those kind of throwaway like sound bites when people say proper football man, like what 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 do you actually what do you interpret that as? Because I basically interpret that as white and working class in in that kind of logic of what people mean by that. Because it's like to me, it's like what the fuck is a proper football man really? Like you know, I think I don't know. 
But, yeah, he's probably played the game to some level and spent some time in it. Um, probably uh, English and uh, and you know that sort of thing. That that class of of person, that that sort of school of person, I think is what they refer to uh, when they say that thing. Because uh, I remember when um, in the World Cup, especially the Costa Rica manager, I think uh, Jorge Luis Pinto. Um, he's a uh, he's never played the game. He's a, he's an academic, much as the same as uh, Villas Boas is. Clipboard manager, which, clipboard manager. Well, yeah, that sort of derogatory thing is levelled at him, <laughs> even though he's fantastic. And um, you know, they just kind of get maligned. And uh, you know, every time we record this thing, a police siren goes past your house, mate. I so basically, just to give you some insight, I live between a police dispatch hut and. a an ambulance dispatch hut and a fire station. Like I'm actually, I'm actually in a triangle of sirens, um, which for someone with very sensitive ears drives me quite insane. So I was going to say, uh, it's handy for you though, being that close to the police so you can sign the register every week. Isn't it? <laughs> Less said about that. The better. I was young. I was naive. Um, she told me she was older than she was. No fuck's sake, <laughs> really, mate. This really is our fucking keys and fucking grey episode. You know when you make a, a joke as I did that was suggestive in its way, you don't have to then explicitly make the same joke but worse afterwards. I know, I know, I don't. But you know, that's that's what I do, mate. I I over I overthink and I over talk. That's why. I hope, yeah, I hope somebody clips uh, what you just said and then just like makes vines out of it. You could be the next Andy Tate. I don't, yeah. I don't. I don't think we're we're popular enough to, for anyone to care, really. So that's good. That's that's one. Uh, that's one one good thing about this podcast, I guess. No, being able to talk to you is a good. Podcast. Fucking Adam Nathan, right? He said the players looked shattered at the end yesterday. Would you play a full team tomorrow, or well, Wednesday? I'm guessing. Or rotate a couple to be ready for Crystal Palace. So I guess this is down to that logic of do we do a Brendan Rodgers and throw a big game because we're likely to lose it anyway. So let's save our best players. Um, just to, to to jump in on this, I would rotate not so much in order to rest players. I'd keep Soldado playing personally, um, but in the middle, I actually think for this, even though I have been you know vociferously against his inclusion this year i'd actually stick dembele in the middle of this thing i'd probably drop bentaleb and stick dembele in there purely because he has you know more of a physical presence he retains the ball quite well um and as much as we probably don't want that when we're thinking about you know sitting deep and hitting chelsea on the counter dembele obviously hasn't been that well suited to playing the ball forwards that quickly. I'm hoping that playing Ryan Mason alongside him could provide us with that outlet. And if we just sort of get Dembele to stay back and provide a bit of cover, um, he can hold on to the ball quite well. He's known to shield the ball very well. He's very you know tough to kind of dispossess when he is there. Um, and he, he is very good at winning the ball as well. So I'd, I'd be tempted to play him um, if he's not injured. Is he injured? I hope he's not. I don't think he um, is. I don't think he is. Um... There's a couple of lads who've only just come back from injury uh, who I'd be looking to kind not try and play two games Ch- in a week. Chadders. Really. 
Chadley, I think, will probably start because he didn't play this time and he's, he should be fully fit and he should have had adequate time training to, to start this match. Um, I think Harry Kane might drop out because he's played an awful yeah. lot of football recently and this is the first time he's ever played that, that level of football quite consistently. There was a, a moment towards the end of the game yesterday where he uh, he had a run into the box where he went down for a penalty, but the only reason he went down is because he couldn't carry himself anymore. He was genuinely knackered. Um, he was the one that I saw feeling it the most because he he pressed um, he pressed so well yesterday and he was so high energy again. That, he's everywhere, wasn't he? Yeah, so he's he. I think he could do with forty-five minutes off, to be honest, against Chelsea. Um, so Dardo's played an awful lot of football, but he was taken off. So I think I think he was probably taken off with that game in mind, to be honest, because there's nobody else to to really start in his place. And with with him scoring a goal, it would be ludicrous to not let him start again um, against Chelsea and, and try and build on that. Uh, I think I, I don't think we'll be, we see wholesale change. I think there'll be one or two who arrested as I say for injury purposes or, or or just because they've played an awful lot of football recently Lennon looked absolutely knackered at the end of the game as well didn't he um, yeah he worked tirelessly as well and he's one that if he does play too much he's, his hamstring just snaps so it's because he goes at such a pace I remember when he was I don't think he's ever completed a season he's never going to be one of those players who is able to play a full season because he goes at such a such a pace even now even even though he's lost a yard or two he, he tends to do his muscles quite a lot of damage in his legs um, and has done so quite quite uh, regularly in the past so he's he's quite weak in that area it's almost quite similar to Van der Vaart who was never yeah. fully fit and uh, I think Lennon's in a similar sort of boat so I'd, um, I'm not sure whether or not he, he'd be fit enough to start so there'll be a few changes um, I'm I not sure I wouldn't not. mind actually seeing Townsend playing this game either instead of Lamella perhaps I do again, I, I, I do love Eric Lamella um, if we were to play Lamella I wouldn't mind seeing him play centrally but in terms of a wing option Purely just for Townsend's knack of drawing people towards him because his you know his pace can kind of threaten at times even though his end product seldom does. Um, I wouldn't mind having that kind of option there, to be honest. Yeah, know. it's an idea. It's an idea. Yeah. Um, I think Chadley and Ericsson will start. Yeah, yeah, we can see. We can see what we can do there, but. Who knows? It's going to be interesting. Um, let's just see. Let's just see if we've got uh, enough because uh, we've got quite a few banterous questions. I'm just trying to see if there's actually any serious ones at all. Um, no, there aren't. So let's go on to the banterous banterous questions. Here we have from at Tom of Hayward. The Tottenham plane crashes and the team is stranded on a mountain. Who gets eaten first and how do they decide? I don't really know if we can speak on behalf of them. Um, I'd say that Kapu is a sizable meal and that would limit the amount of people you'd have to kill. But killing him would probably be quite a challenge in itself, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I don't think it'd be anyone that can defend themselves. I reckon it'll be one of the weaker members. Um, I think Harry Kane would be up there because I think he'd kind of like just kind of offer it to everyone because he's so nice. <laughs> but I think I think he could be easily coerced into thinking it was a good idea. Um, I'd go for I, yeah. I reckon you could trick Harry Kane into sort of volunteering for that happening to him. To be honest, he's just sort of probably volunteer if they just got trapped in a lift for twenty five minutes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, somebody somebody does that thing where they talk really fast and say, you know. We're going to eat you, so say, what? 
and Hurricane and say what? And then you go, oh, you know what you've just signed up for? Yeah. <laughs> and he'd go, oh, no, you've got me. And uh, that'd, I think that would work. Alex Bottomley, I like that his name has the word bottom in it. Um, sorry, Alex. Uh, at Zander1982 says, out of all of our central defenders, who would you most like to have around for afternoon tea? I don't think I've ever had afternoon tea. Is that where you have like scones and stuff like that? I guess so. Yeah, just just imagine you're. At maybe I've just on. had. A, I've just yeah, had a cup of tea. Have you not been to Betty's? Now. Betty's in York. Uh, Arrogate, isn't it? Is there one in Arrogate, or is yeah, that something else? I think it's a little York, North Yorkshire chain, but there's a massive yeah. one in in York. No, I think I, I try not to go to York. York's a bit weird. It's just full of pubs and cobbles. I don't think there's anything to do in York. I don't. <laughs> it's a bit weird. I don't like it. Um, uh, I think one of the worst times my dad's ever been racially abused at football is at York once as well, and uh, that's always deterred me from going there as well. Um, he always, every time, yeah, every time we bring up. Um, like, like mum's one for doing this sort of thing. I'm sure she's been probably with my little sister there, like doing that sort of business. Um, like going to these places and having scones with clotted cream and all that stuff. That's more her than what I do, I think. Uh, but if I was to, I think I would have Eric Dyer because I think if you put Eric Dyer in like a, a dinner jacket and stuff like that, he'd look like a member of the Bullingdon Club. He's got one of those faces that looks like yeah. he's he's fresh out of Eton. He, he just looks That's a bit true. like he's uh, he's a bit aristocracy about him. He's got that sort of wide jawed, uh, very Aryan look to him that would uh, <laughs> that would, that would uh, buy into that sort of thing. I'd, so, I'd, I'd reckon I'd have to go for Kirikesh, mate, because he, he you know he'd sneak a little flask of vodka in with him. Yeah, I mean, Ir- well up, Irish tea, well up for a laugh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if I, was, if I was looking for a piss-up, it would be him, but I don't think he can handle himself. I mean, if I was being honest, I think I would have a Vertonghen, just so that we could like have a bit of a date and, and chat about things. Cause I think he's probably the coolest one out of all of them. He, he's the one that would turn up in his leather jacket and we'd be able to sit there and talk about, you know, cool stuff. Yeah, he's, he's said to be quite a nice man, actually, despite this image of him being... A very negative, unpleasant person. He's supposed to be a very nice man. So yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think as I've said previously, I think Vatong gets quite a raw deal. To be honest, I think he's just a bit of a a more guarded person than the rest of them. So I think that the fact that he doesn't, uh, you know, he's not as much of a performing monkey as other people seem to be. He um, he kind of gets dashed off for being boring or or you know a bit sullen, which. I don't think so. I think he's just doing a job, to be honest. And uh, people don't like the fact that he's not, um, you know, he's not tooting horns and and dancing about for for everyone's amusement. Fucking hell! Forgot to mention Soldado. How fucking happy I am for that boy. Sorry, that came out of nowhere. But just thinking about, it, I'm just looking through Twitter at the moment, seeing all the fucking miserable bastards that have somehow still found room to moan about the fact that a player who doesn't often score scored a goal. You know, oh, fucking, uh, that should be something to be unhappy about, the fact we beat beaten one of our direct rivals. And, you know, I took a, a, um, a very nice man has scored a goal. I'm yeah, I took well a, chuffing yeah. the lad. I took a quick glance at uh, the Guardian while I was waiting for my train uh, this morning. And... Um, the first paragraph of the the match review was all about Soldado and the fact that he hasn't scored very much, but there's still so much goodwill around him from Tottenham fans. 
And um, I think I, I, I could only go along with that. I don't think I've ever really criticised him too heavily, uh, ever, to be honest. I think I've I've strayed into the territory of perhaps being a bit too kind to him on, on occasion. But that's just because I've, I've wanted him to do well for, for quite some time. The strike he scored yesterday was a, was a great goal. The, the entire move was fantastic yeah. to watch. I think if Tim Howard was on better form, he probably could have saved it because it wasn't right in the corner. It was a better keeper would have probably got something to it, in all honesty. But he needed that look. He needed a bad keeper to... Not a bad keeper, but he needed a, a you know a slight mistake to to let one go in, and the relief on his face, and just his reaction afterwards, even the things he's been putting out. I mean, he put that that picture out of him saying that he he genuinely welled up when people were singing his name, and that's the sort of thing that endears him to people. The fact that it has meant so much to him, the fact that he's clearly trying. I mean, if Adibayor stopped scoring for a few weeks, it's everyone's fault but his own, well, and Soldado wasn't. He's yeah. not shirked it. No, this is the thing, you know. This, this, this is the thing that's made me warm to Soldado. And you know, I've, I've, I've criticised him in the past, and I've, I've called for patience in the past. Um, I feel there have been some games when he's maybe been a bit petulant, and he hasn't looked like he's trying that hard, or he's just been overly frustrated. And you can understand that, you know, when things aren't going your way, you do lose focus, you do kind of lose that urge to to push yourself and it it can get the better of you every now and again and not to keep using this as an excuse but let's not also forget the fact he has gone through a personal trauma you know you you can't account for that you can't put a time frame on how long someone should take to get over something like that you know and to to say that something like that isn't playing on the mind of this guy as well is naive and i think it's it's pretty sinister as well to kind of almost sort of scoff at the idea that he might be upset about the fact his wife lost a child. But, you know, not to go into that too much. I just think it's it's like you say, you, you never, in his entire time he's been here, I mean, if anyone can find one, I'll, I'll be, you know, whatever, I'll prove him wrong. I'm not too proud to admit when I am wrong. But as far as I can recall, I haven't seen one press bite from Soldado where he's complained about not being played, where he's complained about being dropped to the reserves, where he's you know complained about the fans, where he's complained about his lack of service, where he's complained about the fact when the club signed him, I'm pretty sure he was promised that Bale would be staying, and I haven't seen him moan about that. All I've ever seen is when he has had these bad performances, is him actually saying, I know I need to try harder, I know I need to keep pushing, I know I need to keep working hard. I mean, you even saw his sound bites out of Valencia. He was in a situation there where he was very very unhappy at the club and it was only after the club actually sold him after they haggled with spurs and they rejected offers and this and that it was only after that point that he came out and said you know i didn't want to talk about this openly i didn't want to talk about the deal in the press because i have a lot of respect for valencia i'm just very happy the deal's done now because there was a situation there that i wasn't happy with and I just wanted to have it resolved amicably. I understood that the club wanted a certain amount of money, so on and so forth. He just seems like a very classy, decent guy. He doesn't seem like someone that just kind of, you know, is this sort of doesn't give a shit kind of attitude player that people seem to want to make out that he is. I think it is that he has just, you know, he is just shot for confidence. I think for anyone to say that he's shit is, is ridiculous, you know... Whatever, okay, I will happily say his finishing has been shit. It has been shit on many an occasion. There have been times where I've been watching games, I've seen him miss his sitters. You think, oh, for fuck's sake, Bobby, mate, come on. Just like, just wrap your foot around it, you know. This is this is 
just comes naturally to you. But again, it, it comes down to confidence. It comes down to things that you can, yeah, you can apply it to anything that you are otherwise talented at. That's our timer done. That's probably just been me talking for 45 minutes, but um, you can apply it to anything in life, you know, something that you can do nine out of 10 times. If you are going for a bad patch, you can, you can struggle to, but I'll, I'll chuck it over to you, mate. When you were talking about one of your mates who was struggling with, uh, struggling with ladies for a while, you likened that to Soldado's situation, didn't you? Yeah. Just that, you know, he, he, uh, it was it was unlucky in that department, and then once it would happen, it, it kept on happening for him. And I think that's uh, that's what I'd I'd like to see with uh, with Saldado now. Now he's got the confidence, and he knows it can happen. If he can just kick on now, it'd be fantastic. Um, I think yeah, with him especially, he's never he's never given a, a completely bad performance where he's not been involved with the game. He's never he's never shied away from it. He, the thing with his confidence is, if you look at look at a player like Torres who went through a similar sort of thing, he he stopped being in the position to score goals. Whereas when Saldado was missing them, at least he was still the instinct was still there to yeah. get in the position to have an attempt at scoring his goals. And at some point, it, it kind of became a parody. I mean, that, that last game in the Europa League where we scored because he hit the post, that was a, a, a great strike. And the fact that he was centimetres away probably from the ball bouncing into the goal from the post rather than bouncing back out was just ridiculous. I mean, the, the grin on his face when Stambouli scored and he looked around, just that knowing look that, you know, he, what's happening here, this is a bit ridiculous. I'm I'm just so glad that it it's, has happened for him. I think that's only his third goal from open play for us um, in the league, which is, is, if you just look at it on the face of things, it is concerning. But if you... If you go through the troubles he had last season, the, the the kind of atmosphere at the club at the time, and this season as well with the change again, it's it's not been ideal. So I'd I'd hope we gave him time, and I hope he can he can kick on. There's not much more we can really say about him. He's just uh, I think he he plays the 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 fans well. I think he his interaction with with Tottenham fans online is. He's very good and, you know, he, he retweets pictures like when people see him in the street and he's with his family and whatnot, he'll stop for a photo. I remember there was one the other day where he had this white Parker jacket on like he was in. Do you remember the the seminal pop band, uh, boy band, Another Level with Dane Bowers in? I do, they, indeed, They yeah. used to wear those p- p- puffer jackets. He had a, a white puffer jacket on like he was from Another Level, which I, I quite enjoyed. <laughs> so he's, he's clearly a nice man. And that, that sadly in this game that lacks few good men uh, goes a long way in my book. So I'd, uh, I'd try and try and offer him a bit more time, not to be overly sentimental about it, but he, he, on footballing level, he, he offers us quite a bit as well. So I just, I'm all um, behind him. I just struggle to see it. Like I, I understand the frustration, but... It is like I, there seems to be amongst some people like some actual like hatred towards him, and I just think you know, give it a rest. It, like you say, he's a nice man. Give him a chance. Let's hope he can score a little goals now and push on. Um, which takes us quite well to Pablo Ortega, seventy-seven, who said, <laughs> "How paranoid and angsty about negative money fans does Trunk need to get before he notices there's an unfollow option?" Touche. Touche. Man. No, I've told well, you about this before. I've that told doesn't you, stop people you, you follow retweeted. too many people. That's all. That's all I'm saying. It doesn't stop people getting retweeted. You're the one that retweets them the most. I've told them you, you've. I've told you in the past that you follow too many people, and that you need to edit who you uh, interact with more. Uh, what better? 
maybe so, maybe so. Um, but that is us. That's us done. You got anything wait, you wait, want to add, wait, mate? We had a we had a question oh, from uh, T from the Fighting Cock that said, uh, "What oh, were you we? doing? Yeah, what were you doing the last time Spurs beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge? Which, if I'm not mistaken, was 1990, wasn't it, when Gary Lineker scored?" I have not. I to, to be honest. I can't really remember. It, I, I think it was 1990. So what yeah. were you doing in 1990, Jack? You were, what, 20? Probably, yeah. I was probably picking my nose and eating it, to be honest. Yeah, I wasn't born. I was, I was, you know, I was, I was not even a thought in, uh, not even a twinkle in my parents' eye at that point, I think. So uh, I, I wasn't, I, I was born in 1992. So there was a, a way to go for me, yeah. There were still a few wanks to go before you came along when I was basically. That's the nicest. Uh, yeah, thing. that's 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 the nicest way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> and there we have it for uh, Roost. We might do another one. Who are we playing at the weekend? Who do you, wait? What do you reckon the score's going to be between Chelsea? Come, me and you. Three-one uh, Chelsea. Yeah, I was going to say three-one Chelsea as well. So three-one Chelsea. Fuck off, Tottenham. Um, if you want to listen to any previous episodes of Royal Roost, do so on iTunes or on SpursStatman.com. Um, also follow the boss JP, who is the SpursStatman, at SpursStatman. Um, you can follow us on Twitter as well, at RTRSSM. We might do another one this week. We might not. Depends how organised we've got. Uh, we get. Crystal Palace on the weekend. So, Crystal Palace. Um, yeah. There's not not too much you can ask Crystal Palace fans, is there? No, like what's it like being known for singing? Aside for that, there's you know whatever. I might there's a little Palace fan at work. Maybe I'll do a little interview with him. He's quite jolly as well. How so, much sellotape do you get through a season making those banners? Yeah. <laughs> Did you think it was a good idea to start off your Premier League careers with a picture of the man from Saw? Oh yeah, I remember that. That was weird. Let the games begin. That was cringeworthy. That was really, yeah. Anyway. It's not like they ever do anything too good with their, was it called a TIFO? Is that what they call it? I, um, yeah. I'm, I'm never too enamoured with those. If they were just stood like there TIFOs. and sang. Yeah, if they stood there and sang and whatnot, that's fine. If they're actually yeah. making a statement about something when they're doing it, like yeah. the Liverpool fans had their ticket prices banner, which was quite well done in the cop. Oh, fuck um, off. Don't give them any credit. No, they do. They... they, they uh, to be fair to them, when they make a point, they actually make good points. Um, when they they bring up things that, because um, you know the inflation with ticket prices is something that annoys and affects us all. So they, they have credit where credit's due. Um, they 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 don't ever rest on uh, highlighting injustices and uh, never I never should they, they really. never rest on their high horse, but. No, 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 no. They, no, they 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 do campaign very well, and uh, so they should, to be honest. Or a load of cans. Um, anyway, yeah, stop. You're such a now. child, man. I know I am. I know. I am. Stop listening. Go away. Thanks for listening. Bye.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.